Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Oral Presentations Podcast. This is episode 76, and it's called French Psycho, Albert Camus' The Stranger. How you doing? I hope your Monday's going okay. The plot of this book threw me off, and I had to look up what is what was going on here. So let me, okay, first off, The Stranger is a novel from 1942, published in 43 by French author Albert Camus. And the book is cited as an example of Camus' philosophy, which is absurdism. And some people say existentialism, but they asked him about, is it existentialism in 1955? And he was like, no, 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 the book's just about absurdism. All right, so why is the episode called French Psycho? All right, it's after the book. That's also a movie, American Psycho, because when I first got this story down, I got all the way through it, I really didn't understand what was going on. And I, it, at this point in time, I might just have to accept that I don't like books. Like, I liked doing 1984, and Dante's Inferno was cool, but I had to look up what this meant, man. Because it just seemed like, like Patrick Bateman dialogue, guy just misreading social cues. The whole time. Also, we're doing this one in two parts. It is a short book, but the book is also broken up into two separate parts. The first one is a number of events where we're going to follow our main character named Marceau, who's also the stranger, uh, and as he goes through a series of events in his life. And then the second part is like a courtroom drama that replays the events of the first part through the lens of the French justice system. But this is part one, so we're going to follow... Marceau, the stranger, as he narrates the events of his life as they occur. And here's the thing. He doesn't really interpret them as a cohesive narrative. Because, according to Camus' philosophy, the universe is indifferent to human struggle. And Marceau's indifferent personality embodies that philosophy. So the main character, Marceau, is just a stand-in for Camus' philosophy of how the universe is versus human struggle. So the whole time, he's going to encounter both moral people, and really immoral people, but through the whole thing, he's just kind of like a, I don't know, like a drone floating around. He doesn't really participate in any of it. Guy cares about the weather a lot, but I, after I read the whole thing, or I was just like, what? <laughs> yeah, what? How do I tell this? I know this book's supposed to be important. You ever just know you missed something, where it's you get all the way through something, and it's because I am kind of self-conscious about just being a dumb dude on here being like, anyway, Albert Camus, a stranger, stinks. And it's like, I'm not saying that. But the first time through, I was like, I don't really know what I read here. And it seems kind of like a bummer. Also, heads up, if you want to read this one, there is like funny non-sequitur dialogue the way the character Marceau interprets events because he's just an observer. And it is a little bit Patrick Bateman, American Psycho-ish. That's the, that's the thing I thought that I was like, okay, well, what is, is this like American Psycho from 1943? Is that why this book is like, because he gets maybe credit for being so dark early on or something like that. The dialogue just sounded similar because there's a lot, there's a lot of times where I would get through, a, I could get through a passage and then just be like, wait, what? Jesus, dude, wait, what happened, man? So like in American Psycho, when, when Patrick Bateman is about to lose it. He just says, like, I have to go return some videotapes. And he just leaves. It's like a non sequitur. Where in this one, like, every now and then, the main character, Marceau, 
will be in a situation where you'd expect him to say a number of different things and he'll just be like, oh man, that lady's got a head that looks like a bear's head. And that's, and then it'll just hard cut to like, anyway, I woke up the next morning. So I had to look up those cheat codes of like what this main character was supposed to represent. So we're going to go through it. We're doing two parts. It is a compelling novel because you just, just going through it, I was like, I don't know how this dude's going to react to any of this stuff. And we'll do it in two parts. And the second part does reframe the events of the first part through the eyes of the French justice system, which is interesting to see the prosecutor and the defense attorney and the judge try to all deal with Marceau, who's just sticking to be an observer. Like, towards the end, he kind of changes hearts a little bit, but it's still, he's mostly just an impartial observer the whole time who tells the truth regardless of how he thinks he can interpret a situation, man. So, hey, I hope your Monday's doing well. This will be part one. Also, I should say this. Lamode ranks The Stranger as the number one book of the century. Out of 100 books, this was number one. So, again, definitely, like, I was like, dude, I missed something. <laughs> I know I missed something. There's no way this is just early... Like, American Psycho, it's super dark, so it gets credit. So I'm happy I looked up at, like, oh, the main character represents Camus' philosophy, all right. But it's still, it's kind of a weird story. But hey, even if you only get 10% of this comedy podcast, that's still a huge win, man. So, let's go ahead and get it going. Episode 76, French Psycho, Albert Camus' The Stranger, Part 1. All right, so... Book opens up, and our main character, Marceau, a.k.a. The Stranger, gets a telegram telling him that his mom's dead. Now, she had been living in an old person's home, kind of far away. It's like a bus ride away. So, Marceau's like, all right, whatever. So, he goes to his boss, and he's like, hey, I need some time off because my mom died. And his boss is kind of weird about giving him time off. He asked for two days, but his boss gives him some pushback. But eventually his boss is like, yeah, dude, have two days. I guess your mom's dead. Sorry about that. So Marceau then catches a bus to the town where his mom's body's at. And on the bus ride, he falls asleep the whole time. Out like a light. Just, just sleeping. Sleeping on the way to go see your dead mom's body. All right, so then he arrives at the old people home. And when he gets there, the director, one of the first things that the, the director of the old people home tells him is, hey, man, I know you put your mom in here because you're poor, and when she was on the outside, you're so poor that you couldn't afford to, like, keep her keep her alive with a roof over her head. Don't feel bad about it. It's all right you couldn't support her. So after that, the director then takes Marceau to the mortuary where his mom's coffin has been placed, right? So, but here's the thing. So he gets down there, and his mom's coffin is already sealed. Now, when the caretaker realizes that Marceau, the son of his dead mom, is there. The caretaker sees this and then rushes in to open the casket and be like, oh, I'm sure you'd like to see your mother. And Marceau's like, nah, I'm all right. You don't gotta. I just slept on a boss on the way here, man. I'm actually pretty good. You can leave that sealed up. I don't need to see her again. So then the caretaker sticks around and starts talking about his own life. And then he starts talking about how, like, oh, well, funeral vigils out here in, like, the countryside have to be pretty quick because it's hotter and bodies will decompose quicker out here. So really it's just like a one, two day thing. And we got to get them in the ground. You know how it is. And then Marceau, after hearing this in the presence of like his mom's sealed casket with his caretaker telling him the stuff, his only response is like, Oh, all right. 
That's that's interesting, man. You know what? That actually makes a ton of sense. I've never really thought about it like that. Thanks so much. Okay, just an impartial observer for all, all of these events. So then, Marceau spends the night watching over his mom's body. Now, overnight, the caretaker offers him a cup of coffee. He takes it, and Marceau is then like, hey, man, you want a cig? Gives the caretaker a cigarette. They have coffee and cigs together. And then Marceau says that, or says that he finds the atmosphere of the mortuary pleasant and then falls asleep again. Guy loves naps. Consistent thread. Guy loves naps. Mortuary on a bus. Doesn't bother him. He's just an observer. He's out cold again, right? So when he wakes up from a nap at the mortuary where his mom's at, that he thinks is pleasant, right? So then he wakes up and all of his mom's friends are there to pay their respects because they, she had a lot of friends at the old people home. So Marceau wakes up and he's immediately annoyed with some lady who just won't stop crying. That's his first impression out of a nap surrounded by all his mom's friends trying to pay their respects. He's like, man, this lady... What is with all the crying, man? You are killing me. So, fast forward to the next day. It's a funeral. Now, the director of the old of the old people's home asked Marceau if, are you sure? Hey, here's the thing. We're about to bury your mom. Do you want to see her one last time before we go ahead and seal the coffin permanently or put her on the ground? And Marceau is like, nah, man, I told you. I'm I'm good, dude. I'm all right. I had a pretty good nap. I don't need that. Why would you ask me that? He all... <laughs> like, all right, man. So, at the funeral, the director is talking to Marceau about a really good friend that his mom had in the funeral home called Thomas Perez. Now, normally, other residents at the funeral home are not allowed to go to the actual funeral where the body is put into the ground because it kind of freaks them out because it's an old person's home and it, you know, it's, it's sort of scary and everybody's on edge for like two, three days after this happens, right? However, the director says, there's this one guy, Thomas Perez. He was like an awesome friend to your mom. The other residents like joked about like, ah, oh, they're like boyfriend, girlfriend, you know? Marceau is like, all right, okay, it's fine. You're talking, whatever, right? So then when one of the undertaker's assistants asked Marceau, like, hey, real quick, like, I, I know your mom passed away and sorry about that, but like, was she old? And Marceau responds like, he has, like, it's a tough math problem. Like, it's a quadratic equation. He just kind of is vague about it and was like, I don't really, uh, I don't know, man. I don't really know her exact age. And, they can't, and the, the assistant's like, okay, dude. Jesus, man. So, at the funeral, Marceau is talking about how much he loves the weather. But just before the funeral, he is able to, like, enjoy, like, walking around. And, he, again, all he talks about is, like, like a lot of like sensory interpretation. The guy hates the heat, loves naps, likes good weather, shows no emotion about his, his dead mom. All right. But he takes a little walk and it's okay, despite the satication. And he also does a similar thing during the funeral procession. Marceau feels no grief or sadness. He's just, he actually, at towards the end of the funeral, he's like, yo, this heat is actually crushing me, you know? It's, it's pretty hot out. You know, I know I'm supposed to be here, but it's, it's a little toasty for me. And during the funeral, Thomas Perez is having a hard time keeping up. And as they're carrying the casket to like the final resting place, right? So lady comes up and tells Marceau like, hey, real quick, when you're walking this casket out, if you go too slow, you're going to get sunstroke. But 
if you go too fast, you're going to get all sweaty, and then you're going to catch a chill, and then you're going to get sick. And then at this, Marceau says, there is no way out. So then after the funeral, Marceau takes a bus ride home, and then he gets really happy thinking about what a good night's sleep he's going to get when he gets home. He was like, man, I have just been, I have been traveling, and I can't wait to get in my own bed and get some good sleep. He's neither happy or unhappy. The guy remains indifferent. So, day after, Marceau buried his mom. Well, he gets back and he realizes that his boss was kind of mad because he asked for two days off, but it was like on the tail end of a weekend, so really he gets four days off. So he like he kind of is like, oh, that's why my boss was upset. That's fine. So after he realizes that, he then goes swimming at a public beach where he runs into like a prior person that he worked with named Marie. At this point in time, he's like, I mean, he goes into it a little bit in the book of like how beautiful she was. And again, it's like... Uh, like more sensory, like the same way he loves the weather, like when he describes women or like people he's attracted to, it's all like physical. There's He doesn't really talk about their personalities much or anything. It's like much more just a physical part, the same way the weather is. So runs into Marie, admiring her beauty, and then he's like, hey, we're both at this beach. You trying to swim with me? So then they go on like a swimming in the ocean date together, and they flirt all afternoon. And then afterwards, Marceau is like, hey, would you like to go see a comedy movie with me? And Marie is like, okay, like, didn't your mom die yesterday? And Marceau is like, yeah, definitely. But, like, so you trying to go see a movie or what? And Marie's like, yeah, okay. So they go see a movie, and then that night, Marie stays over Marceau's place. They sleep together. Marceau wakes up. Marie is gone at this point in time. And so he was going to go down to, like, his normal lunch spot, but he doesn't want people to ask him questions about his mom dying. So he just stay, he stays in bed till like one o'clock. He just he's smoking cigarettes. He eats something, and then he talks about how the weather's beautiful again. He then buys some food, cooks a dinner. He's having a decent day, and then I mean, he thinks about how his mother is buried, and then he must return to work tomorrow. And then he says like, "Well, pretty much nothing's changed at all, huh?" Next day, let's go ahead and meet some more unlikable characters. All right, all right. Next day, Marceau runs into his neighbor. This dude's name is Salamato. And the distinguishing characteristic about this dude is that he has a dog. Now, his dog is not doing well. It suffers from, like, mange. It's got, like, a skin condition. And it's, it's elderly, right? Well, what's, what's probably not helping his health problems is that when the dude Salamato walks him twice a day, he consistently beats it and he's swearing at it the whole time. All right, here's the other neighbor of Marceau. This is a dude named Raymond. And this guy invites Marceau over to dinner. Now, Raymond is widely believed to be a pimp. But in the book, they call him a procurer, but this is this guy's real job. He's a, he's a, he's a pimp. But when people ask him, what do you do for a living? He tells them warehouse guard, but it's well known that this dude is a pimp. So, Raymond invites Marceau over he has like two glasses of wine, some bread, cheese, all that stuff, and they bang down the wine together. Now, over dinner, neighbor pimp Raymond asks Marceau's advice about something. And Marceau, just being an observer, is like, yeah, what's up, man? What are you doing? So then Raymond's like, well, here's the thing. My mistress, I think she cheated on me. 
And then there was a big domestic violence scene, and then she left me. Now, this, this altercation led Raymond to think about, like, a revenge plot against his mistress, because he still likes her. So what he asked Marceau to do is, like, hey, man, can you write me a letter that I'm going to send to my mistress, who's in a fight with me, and it's going to be, like, it has to be a really sad letter, so then she'll come back and, like, want to live with me again, and then right when she, like, thinks she's in love with me again, I'm going to spit in her face and throw her out. So then Marceau is like, yeah, I wouldn't mind doing that. That's all right. I'll do that for you. All right. And then Raymond the pimp is like, nice. We're pals now. Cool. All right. Next couple days go by and Marceau is now hanging out with Marie again. They're having another date. And at this point in time, Marie asks Marceau, Hey man, do you, do you love me? And Marceau answers and says, well, even though I don't think it means anything, no, I don't think so. And then, uh, you know, obviously Marceau's response makes Marie a little bit sad. So fast forward, Marie and Marceau all of a sudden hear an argument in Raymond's apartment because Marceau had, did write that letter and then the mistress came back, and then it turned into another, like, another really, really bad scene. Domestic violence, and the cops show up. So then, they, they go outside, Marsha goes outside to see what the hell's going on. And so, uh, his pimp neighbor Raymond has a cigarette, and he's hammered, so the cops show up. And his mistress is like, this guy, this guy beat me again, and the cops are like, Actually, the cops walk up to Raymond as he's smoking a cigarette and immediately slap his face really hard. It, it's in, it, in the book, like, his, uh, his cigarette goes flying across, or like, the street or something. Also, he is hammered. So then the cops are like, you know, we're going to have to take you down, da-da-da. And then, but here's the thing. After the cops leave, Raymond asks Marceau, like, hey, I'm going to need you to be my witness on this. Just say that she was cheating on me, and then I'll get off with a warning which main character Marceau does, and then Raymond gets off on that. Then Marie and Marceau are hanging out again, and Marie hits, hits him with another question, and Marie's like, hey, would you ever think of marrying me? And Marceau is like, yeah, sure, if you want. And Marie's like, all right, that's kind of a weird response. Like, what do you mean? And Marceau's like, I don't care, man. And Marie's kind of hurt at this, and she's like, well, what, like, can you please explain that more? Like, would you, would you want to marry a woman that you have the same relationship with that we have right now? If it was, like, a different woman, that's really what I'm asking. And Marceau is like, yeah, maybe, dude, if she wanted it, I don't really, if she wants to get married, same thing. I don't, I don't care. And then Marie hits him with like a, the, uh, do you love me question again? Exact same response where it's like, again, I don't think it means anything, man, but no, no, I don't think so. Honestly, no, nope. So then Marceau asks Marie, so do you want to have dinner with me tonight after that conversation? And Marie hits, no, dude, no. Did you just hear what we talked about? So then Marceau goes to eat alone. 
And then while he's eating alone, he watches some lady who's also there eating alone, and she keeps going through like a radio program and circling stuff. And so Marceau gets distracted by that and watches her circle things for like a long time. And then after that lady leaves, he decides it's a good idea to like, I'm just going to follow her for a little bit. But then he gets bored and he goes home. When Marceau returns home from following a lady from a restaurant for no reason, he then goes home to find his neighbor Salamato waiting outside his door. And then Salamato says, look, I, I, he, I bought my dog because my wife died and it was, it, was, it was to get the loneliness out of my life. And I don't know, I think the dog ran away and I don't want to get a new dog because I, I, used, I, you know, I was used to the old one. And then Marceau is like, all right, man. And then Salamato is like, hey, a lot of the people in this town, when you put your mom in that home, they talked a lot of shit on you, like how you're a poor and you can't support your own mom and stuff. But I would tell him that, you know, that's not true. I, I know he loves his mom and like it was just the best thing. And Marceau is like just indifferent. He's like, yeah, all right. All right. Spring break. It's time for Marceau to return some videotapes. So, the following Sunday from all this happening, Marceau wakes up. I mean, he has, like, trouble waking up, but, like, him and Marie and Raymond and Raymond's buddy named Masson. Like, Raymond's buddy, Masson, has a beach house. And so there's a, it's a spring break trip. We're going to all drive down to the beach together. Marceau, Marie, Raymond... My son, we'll all meet each other and we'll hang out at the beach. We'll see how this goes. So, Marceau gets there and meets Raymond's friend, Masson's wife. And as beautiful as his wife is, it causes Marceau to actually think about, like, well, maybe I do want to marry Marie, because look at this guy's wife. She's gorgeous. And it, the way he describes her, like, she's so pretty that he's outside, like, laying down in the sun, and he's having a hard time with the heat again. Guy really is sensitive to the weather. So he's already like, it's too hot. And then this guy's wife comes down and like lays down next to him. And he's like, I don't know if it was the heat or the heat off this woman's body, but I fell asleep right away. So like he thought this guy's wife was so hot that like it, he just passed out. He was like, I can't deal with the heat or this pressure. Look at this lady. I'm out cold. The guy loves naps. It's a through line the whole time. Hates the heat, loves the naps. So, up out of the nap, and they have lunch together, and afterwards, Masson, Raymond, and Merceau take a walk down while the uh, women stay at the house. Uh, but, yeah, so Marceau, Raymond, and Masson go down to the beach. Now, one of the first things that Marceau says is the heat on the beach is nearly unbearable. Like, he starts out this beach walk with already, like, I don't know how this is going to go. I, whenever this guy talks about the heat in the book, he's about to say some shit or do some shit. So when this beach walk starts, it's like, all right, man, here it goes. And he, yeah. So the three men notice two dudes. And in the book, they're specifically uh, called Arab dudes. Now, what's important about this, and it's something I, I skipped over, when the police came and, like, Raymond was having, like, you know, doing all that stuff to his mistress, he also, like, got in a fight with his mistress's brother, who was it's one of the Arab dudes that they find on the beach. That's why it's important here, right? 
And the brother knows all about what happened and all that stuff. So, you know, this might, you know, this is, this is going to be a confrontation. So they noticed the two other dudes. One of them is the brother of Raymond's mistress. And it says that those two dudes were following him. Well, a fight quickly breaks out and Raymond and Masson have the advantage until Raymond's, or like the brother of the mistress produces a knife and then Marceau tries to warn Raymond like hey that guy's got a knife but it's too late and the mistress's brother slashes Raymond's arm and mouth and they're slashed pretty badly now after he gets caught in a knife fight they all go back to the bungalow and he's he's bleeding bad so when they get back Mason then takes Raymond to a nearby doctor, which only leaves Marceau and the wives at the house. Now, the wives are trying to ask Marceau, like, what is happening, man? What just happened? How did his face? He's bleeding bad. Can you please tell me what just happened on that beat walk? What, what are you doing? And Marceau in the book is, he says that, like, he did not feel like explaining what happened. So he just goes outside and smokes cigarettes and looks at the sea. He doesn't, he doesn't tell any of the wives what happened? So then Raymond returns to the bungalow later that afternoon after seeing the doctor wrapped in bandages. And then he goes, he, he decides to go back down to the beach. And Marceau is like, yo, I'll come down to the beach with you again. What do you think? And Raymond's like, dude, don't come to the beach with me right now. Marceau's like, no, I'd love to follow along. So the two of them go down to the beach together. Now, they walk right back down and they find the same two guys that they just got in a knife fight with. And they're down there again. And this time, Raymond has a gun in his pocket. Now, Raymond asks Marceau, hey, man, do I just shoot these dudes or what? And Marceau tries to convince Raymond not to shoot. And what he does is he eventually talks him out of, like, having the... He was just like, yo, just give me the gun, dude. And then you go, you can go fight that guy if you want. And if there's a problem, then I'll step in with the gun. But don't shoot him now because you can't shoot him unless he produces a knife. So the whole hubbub kind of breaks out, but it, it, the other two dudes sort of walk away, and then Marceau and Raymond are like, all right, we're just going to go back to the beach house. So Marceau then accompanies Raymond back to the beach house, but as they're walking back to the beach house, Marceau starts to talk about the heat again, and he's really, it's really beating him up. It's intense heat. He feels worn out, and he says that the prospect of walking up the stairs to face the other people up there, he doesn't want to tell the story. It seems, it just seems like too much. So he's just, he decides, we're just going to continue to walk on the hot beach instead. So Marceau chooses to stay on the beach. And the heat is, a, it's oppressive. And Marceau is describing that he's like, I got a headache. I'm sweating in my eyes. He seems like he's really losing it because of the heat at this point. So somehow Marceau walks right back to the spot where the knife fight was, you know, and he still has a gun. So as he walks back to the spot where the knife fight was, he sees the mistress's brother laying down there and he sees the mistress's brother see him, see him, if that makes sense. So Marceau's looking at him, he puts his hand on the gun and when Marceau steps towards the water as like, all right, I'm just going to go into the water to cool down. The mistress's brother does draw his knife, but he's still laying down. He's just laying down on the beach, but he sees Marceau come back. So he pulls the knife out to be like, hey, you know, 
laying down, man. Marceau sees this. The heat's, he keeps talking about the heat. You know, he's not good in the heat. Then the, when the knife gets pulled, the sunlight reflects off the blade directly into Marceau's eyes, which are already stinging with sweat and heat. So in retaliation, Marceau fires the gun once at the brother who's laying down on the beach. He then pauses and fires four more times into the dude's motionless body. Marceau has just killed the mistress's brother on the beach. And that is the end of, Fre of part one. French Psycho, Albert Camus. I can't even remember what this shit is called, dude. Can you believe that plot? Can you believe how nuts that is? Is other than the guy who is friends with the mom in the nursing home, it this came out on a Monday. I hope it didn't bum you out, man. We're gonna finish it up with how the courtroom drama goes, but this is the end of part one. This is how part one in the book ends. Anyway, French Psycho. Part one, Albert Camus, the stranger. I tried to, but does it make sense that like, okay, well, if the main character is not an actual man, he just represents a, a philosophy of the universe and he's an observer the whole time. Super unlikable, but hopefully it makes sense. We'll do part two in the uh, courtroom. It'll probably be out Wednesday. And then we're going to have uh, Patreon Zoltar on composers, maybe Thursday. I'm not sure. Anyway, thanks for sticking with me on this one. I hope you enjoyed it. I tried to tell it as honestly as I could. Again, maybe I don't like books. It's, it's a real possibility at this point. Or maybe I just totally missed it. Anyway, guys, thanks for listening. Part two will be out later this week. I hope you guys have a nice Monday, and uh, I'll talk to you a little bit later on. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you.